This is the X109B14 modified transistorized totally automatic assembly machine which eliminates 61,000 jobs, 73 bulky inefficient machines, 81,000 needless man hours per 11 working days, and $4 million in expenditures each year for employee hospitalization, employee insurance, employee welfare, and employee profit participation. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, last episode, Mr. Garrity and the Graves. Uh, we had fun with it. Um, you know, there was problems here and there, but it was still fun. Uh, Mr. I was at Denier, uh, that Mr. Garrity was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, and now we're on to, to this episode, uh, season five, episode 33, The Brain Center at Whipples. It's weird that I'm like, hey, that last episode was fun. Now onto this next episode. I'm really not trying to sell myself here, but maybe, maybe I'm just a little too obvious. I don't know how you feel about this episode. Uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> I was just thinking like subconsciously, I'm like, hey guys, that was a lot of fun last week, right? All right. So next, no. And anyway, no. There, there's some there's some merits to this episode. We'll get to it when we get when we get there. I guess. Yeah. It's like it's like panning for gold. It's like you got to get through a lot of like silt. And you've got to become a hermit and you just live by yourself and you hope something's good there and you wait long enough and maybe there is. Yeah, we'll find gold. <laughs> there are gold in them whipples. Anyway, so, uh, all right. Uh, season five, episode 33, air date, May 15th, 1964. Uh, number one song, Hello Dolly by Louis Armstrong. So we have a slight reprieve from the Beatles. The Beatlemania subsided for a second, but we know 64 is that year where, um, you know, it's um, going to... Uh, Keep going and get bigger and bigger. Pest control came in, got rid of our beetle problem for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The orchid man came in and was like, no. Anyway. So, yeah. So, number one film. Um, There's one of these, like, websites that I use. Like, you know, it's like um, you, you type in. It's like, number one film on my birthday. Number one song. Um, and they give you, like, a little trailer and all this. I'm pretty sure I'm giving uh, somewhere over in Europe my information every time I use this website. Because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look official like i'm sure i'm like i'm i'm sure there's a, like a, a digital version of me over in russia now my credit's extended because i just keep trying to find date day and dates for movies i don't know anyway this one's confusing uh so i'm going to read to you what the what it said it was and then i'm going to give you the release date so the this says number one film for may 15th 1964 was a film called crack in the world um it's an american science fiction doomsday disaster film that was set in spain or filmed in spain it's about scientists who launch a uh, nuclear missile into the earth's crust to release the geothermal energy of the magma 
below. Magma. But magma. But accidentally unleash a cataclysmic destruction that threatens to uh, sever the Earth in two. It was released by Paramount Pictures on February 24th, 1965. Like, I what? Like, this... The, so the, like this tells me it was the number one film, but it was released the next year. I, I'm confused. I don't know. I know sometimes films have different release dates depending upon region, but this is what I found. The number one film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. The, right. the math doesn't work. Nope. <laughs> anyway. So that's what it says. I saw the trailer. It looks, you know, for, for being 64 or five looks kind of interesting. I don't know why you shoot a rocket straight into the earth and hope for the best. That seems like that's, that's, um, that's problematic from the start. It's like, hey, you know what we should do? We should just shoot a missile down there and just see what happens. This like, kind of predates the like the, uh, the like real the, uh, fever pitch of that that was uh, like the disaster films and everything too of like yeah, the seventies. Like, well, well, that too. But I was thinking of like later on when we got like Armageddon. Um, what was it? Well, um, there was one called the uh, core. The core. And I think yeah, that's, that's actually the, the, the premise of because it. because the the Earth's core stopped spinning or whatever. So you have to send like. Uh, you know, an item to blow up whatever. Right. And then we also had, uh, Oh, what was the other one? That was the, the flip side to Armageddon deep impact. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of those big, 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 right. Yeah. So, they were coming out two a year and they were always like, uh, competing like, like Dante's peak and volcano. Yep. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, tornado or a twister. And then there was like one, another tornado. It was like, I think it was just called tornado that movie oh, that year. Yeah. I, just, I remember there was a, like, I think that was a made for TV movie that was like on Fox. I remember, growing up in my small town, people didn't always pay attention to like what was going on. And, and someone was like, I'm going to go see Twister. And they're like, I saw it last night on the TV. It was pretty good. I'm like, I don't think you saw the same movie. Like, mm. <laughs> and I think tornado, I think it has Bruce Campbell in it too, actually. Really? Yeah, I think so. And uh, then, yeah. And then, uh, asylum, uh, pictures were doing the, the exact same thing later on. Yeah, Windstorm. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we throw sharks in it? God, like, I don't want to talk wind about cone. wind cone. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to talk about, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, the asylum. I will say that, uh, there, off. there was, um, what was it after like Sharknado? Someone made the, the joke about like sloth NATO and like lava lantula, which I think lava <laughs> <laughs> I think Lava Lantula is a real one that they got that made. Badass. But, but I love Sloth NATO. I think that's great. Um, so uh, anyway, Crack of the World may or may not have been the number one film on this day and date. I don't know. So for uh, for information, I don't have anything for the 15th in terms of like historical, uh, historical relevance. So but this was just kind of funny to me because I didn't think about it. So May 17th, the, the debate over a new Canadian flag and time for Canada's 1967 centennial began at the 20th Royal Canadian Legion Convention in Winnipeg. Uh, when Prime Minister Lester Pearson told an unsympath- unsympathetic audience that the time had come to replace the red ens- ensign uh, with a distinct maple leaf flag. I believe most sincerely, Pearson told the veterans, that it is now a boot time for Canadians to unfurl a flag that is truly distinctive and truly national in character, as Canadian as the maple leaf that should be its dominant design, a flag which cannot be mistaken for the emblem of any other country, a flag of the future which honors our honors also the past, Canada's own and only Canada's. So... I didn't realize that the, um, the Canadian flag is as new as it is in that sense of the design. Yeah, I had no idea either. <laughs> I looked up the original one. And it, it, it looks very much like, oh, that's a flag that belongs somewhere in the world. It's like very like nondescript. Like it looks Stripes. like, it, like well, because like everything that was an offshoot from like United Kingdom has like a- aspects of the Union Jack in it. Mm. But it's like I would have been like, I don't know. Wales. I don't know. I don't know where I would have picked. I don't know. Like as like that's the Scottish flag. And then I get immediately yelled at. It's like, so, yeah, good on them. So, 
Yeah. And I added the boot in there. Like, that's not actually what he said, but I just thought that was appropriate. So there was a big, I like that it said to an unsympathetic audience, like, they were mad. <laughs> like, I'm mm-hmm. not like, we're not changing our flag. You know, so, all right. Um, yeah. So that's what I got for Dan Dape. Uh, yeah, I didn't have anything. I wish I could bring something up here, guys. But Do you have any flag knowledge? <laughs> I don't uh, flag knowledge? Yeah. No, I, I don't know what they look like. So I, I, I didn't know what that, the old flag looked like. You could have told me that that flag was created like the day I was born. I wouldn't have known. Or like 300 years ago, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> it was the very first flag. It was just weird. They just, they when they came up with the idea of flags, thank you, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Canada. Yeah. Um, but all right. yeah, yeah, that's all I, I would have. So. Okay. Which so is a whole get... lot of nothing. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, so into our cast we go here. It's our director coming back and unfortunately has just left us, uh, Richard Donner. This is uh, one of six episodes that he has done. Yeah, we have uh, one more after this one. One more. Um, so uh, we have just recently talked about him, um, went through great lengths um, after his passing as well. So, uh, yeah, please go back to some of those earlier discussions. Um, I think you'll have a treat. Uh, there's a treat there for you. Ugh. All right. And then our writer, another gentleman that we've talked about prior, Mr. Rod Serling, is back in the writing chair. I'm, I'm glad that this is also not his last one because uh, I think we got one more to go of him actually writing the teleplay for yeah, so um, since we've talked about him at great lengths, we will continue into our cast here. So uh, leading us off here is Richard Deacon. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, he plays Wallace Whipple. Uh, he was in Them, The Dick Van Dyke Show for 82 episodes. And he was in the Mickey Mouse Club and then transferred into the the Annette Show. So he, he was in multiple episodes as Annette's uh, uncle. Okay. And then she... Uh, he plays Annette's uncle in her, her spinoff show. And then he was also in The Birds. Okay. I have, uh, the, so it's only Twilight Zone appearance. Hawaii and I, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers 56. Here's the one thing I think this is interesting. Speaking of Canadian stuff, Deacon was a gourmet chef. In addition to working as an actor in the 70s and 80s, he wrote a series of cookbooks and hosted a Canadian television series on microwave oven cooking. Hell yeah. Like, but it's just like, I kind of want to find, it's like, because, I, I didn't know that there was like, I mean, I guess in a way, since a microwave oven does cook that you could do like specific microwave oven recipes. I always thought it was like, like how do you not make the outside a lava lantula and the inside an iceberg? I thought that was the whole goal of a microwave. He's was, like, you peel back the only the part with the, <laughs> it's just with with the hour. brownie in it. Yeah, it's, just him re- it's just him reading instructions like for an hour, like an hour. He's just like, peel back the film. Make sure you have a sharp fork, yeah. a sharp fork to put some, like to stab a and little it's bit. It's just lean cuisines yeah, or just, like it, kids cuisine. It's meals. just him sitting in the back, like just kicking back with like a like, glass of wine for an hour, just talking about whatever. He's like, no, 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 we'll get to that. It, you know, like, you know, <laughs> so so he's the guy that we would finally figure out how long it cook, it takes to cook a turkey in a microwave. See, maybe, maybe like, uh, cause I know also microwaves are kind of coming into like fashion at that point too. Right. So, uh, there's that movie. Oh, um, shoot. It was American. Oh, what was it, a couple years ago that was nominated for an Oscar that has Groot in it. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence, um, it's set in the seventies, but at one point they, they uh, talk about a microwave and then she's like, what do you, I don't know what it is. And he's like, it's a science oven. Like <laughs> it was like, so I will never forget the microwave referred to as a science oven. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm going to, I want to think of that movie now in the meantime, but Deacon, I thought I knew he has a very recognizable face. Yeah. I thought I'd seen him before. 
Um, I, I think I when I used to watch uh, Dick Van Dyke with my grandparents, I think I remember seeing him on. I think that was uh, Dick Van Dyke's boss. Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure of it. Yeah, like, so. uh, but he just had one of those faces that I'm like, okay, I I need to American Hustle. That's the name of the okay. film. That's from 2013. Science of it. Anyway, but yeah, I just I thought it's like I looked at him. I was like, he's been in this before, and I, I was surprised because also it's like he seems like the kind of guy that. He would be in multiple episodes of the Twilight Zone. It just seemed like that kind of a character actor type of guy. Mm-hmm. And also, this was his like first like like he had a lot of comedy background, which you mentioned before. And this was him taking like one of the few rare non comedic roles at the time for him. So he's trying to transition to show that he had more going on. Right. So and then uh, so next here we have um, Paul Newland. Uh, he plays Chief Engineer Hanlon. Uh, One hundred and three episodes of M Squad. I, I imagine that's some kind of cop show. Um, that was his biggest credit, but he's a bunch of librarians that just go through and reorganize books. They just get mad about stuff. Yeah. The, anyway, no. the Dewey decimal system <laughs> is the best way to do it. Um, and then like a lot of other TV work that I didn't really recognize, but it would always be like one episode of this one mm-hmm. episode of that. That's what I had here. Like just a lot of TV, a lot of Westerns. Yeah. So um, next we had a uh, 10 uh, Ted D Corlia or Corsia. Yeah, Cor- I think, Corsia, I think yeah. it's like DeCorsia. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he plays Foreman Dickerson. Uh, one other episode of The Twilight Zone, The 16 Millimeter Shrine. Good episode. We just talked about this one recently, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I got for him, too. Yeah. And then, uh, Well, he was also in Spartacus and some Out- Outer Limits episodes. Oh, there we so, go. And then, um, so, all right, so this gentleman has two different names. Uh, apparently, he must have transitioned over to, like, a more... Uh, he, he he changed his name later. So you like well, his name? What's his his original name? Listed like show Thal, Thalmus. Yeah. I think uh, his name his name now is Thalmus Rasulala. Yeah, and then he changed it to Jack Crowder. No, it's the other way around. No, yeah, mm. like he 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 changed it later to Thal, Thalmus Rasulala. Ah. later. Oh, okay. Maybe um, religious, yeah. like Muhammad Ali kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. yeah. So like like that, or like you know Malcolm X, or like the there there was a movement going on. He changed his name. Okay, so, yeah. I guess I didn't look that closely into it. I just saw that it was he went by a different. Well, it wouldn't surprise you that like he ends up doing a lot of like black exploitation. Yes, and, and that's, things uh, like that too. That's actually the first thing yeah. I have on here is he was in Blackula. Yeah, and also one episode of Star Trek: Next Generation. Uh, but yeah, like I just um, looked like he had a pretty interesting career. There's not a lot I recognize, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to make sure when I saw that name, I'm like. I want to make sure I say it correctly because it's it's not a name I see often. That that is true. I mean, and as in ever before. Yeah. <laughs> and he also was in the the miniseries for Roots and Above the Law, the Steven Seagal film. Oh, so. I mean, it's always important to get a Steven Seagal connection. Yeah, that's really. a great film too. I, mean, <laughs> I, I I know it sounds like a kind of a weird oxymoron to say that Steven Seagal has a great film, but he does. It's a, and it's one of them. So. <laughs> But um, yeah, next here and uh, the final credit I have, I don't know if you have any more, but have a couple, uh, yeah. uh, Sean Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would go on to do some other. No, the, the, so Sean the Michaels is na- the bartender, the nasty boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same same name as the the WWE wrestler, right? You know, a heartbreak kid. Uh, yeah. So bartender, yeah, bartender. Uh, only twice episode episode, and I looked at his some of his other credits. He was he was in some other Donner projects. He was. So yes. it seemed like it just seems like he got along with Richard Donner. He was in the Weapon Four. 
and Scrooged. Yeah. So and some of the uh, some of the shows that Don are also directed and wrote. Okay. Um, I didn't really want to go that much into those. That's, credits, but, but clearly they're they're friends and they yeah. work together. And he's like, hey, I can trust you to do these bit parts. Just come in, especially get a later paycheck. on in his career too. Because yeah. Lethal Weapon Four was much later after you know all yeah. of this stuff. It's like, oh, look, you're part of the union. Get paid. Come on in. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, did you have any more credits? That's it for him. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I mean, I mean, uh, oh yeah, no, no. So let me go. Th- no, I have, uh, I have two more. I have uh, Bert Conroy as the Watchman. Uh, only Twilight is an episode, but I want to mention uh, he was in a film that could not be nearly as good as the title, 1976's Revenge of the Cheerleaders. That's a great name for a film. Probably a not Corman great. film. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be a Roger Corman. And then film. I have, um, I have Robert McCord as Robbie the Robot. That's my last credit I have here. No, he's not. <laughs> 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 you liar oh i wish it was no um yeah he was the watch he was he, yeah yeah he, he, yeah he was the he was the the keychain being swung around that's what rob mccord well uh i know we just said goodbye to him last episode but i thought it'd be funny because we got a very unexpected robbie the robot appearance in this episode that like i don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not but i laughed i'll tell yeah. you that like spoilers <laughs> well the spoiler was on me because i re- i went through the imdb and i was like Son Wait. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just like looking through it. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I have for cast. So, so what's Rod have to say? These are the players, with or without a scorecard. In one corner, a machine. In the other one, Wallace V. Whipple. Man. And the game? It happens to be the historical battle between flesh and steel. Between the brain of man and the product of man's brain. We don't make book on this one and predict no winner. But we can tell you that for this particular contest, there is standing room only in the Twilight Zone. So with this one, I, I, this is not a ripcord episode because I don't think that that's the case. I do, meaning, meaning we, we talked about on the show before, sometimes it's just one that you're like, I, like, you know, we're out. Let's just not talk about it. I don't think this is one of those. I do think that... The plot is, it's very, it, I mean, it's 24 minutes, right? But it's very short mm. and it, it escalates pretty fast, but it doesn't change beats. It is kind of over and over and over again. Right. So. And, ju- and yeah. like just different people standing in place to hear the exact same kind of. Uh, to hear Wallace, like to, you know, talk about automation. Right. So I guess that's the setup is that. Yeah, you know, we get we get the film reel like it looks like a propaganda film or whatever of like things are going good at you know at Whipple's and family or whatever and he goes through and it's like is this a, it's kind of like this upbeat like saying like things are full steam ahead this is for the shareholders this is for the family you know and then by the way uh, also just to let you know I now have this computer that's going to replace the majority of you so good night folks like it was like you know it was like. It, one of those like, hey guys, things are going so good that we don't need you anymore. Yeah, this definitely wouldn't be a video that you would show to your like your um, your crew and for a morale boost. <laughs> like, yeah, we got these machines now, which we're going to eliminate so many of your jobs. So have fun with that. You know, process that all that information. Hope you're not on the block. You know, <laughs> well, that's why I feel like the, this, this film was like targeted towards shareholders. Mm. And their family, right? So not not the workers, right? But why would you let them know what's coming, right? So he, you see Wallace watching himself, like watching the film, and he has that that habit of swinging his keychain. I thought it was a pocket watch. I thought it was a watch. Yeah, but, but it's like you eventually. It's a, it's a because it, I 
it's it's a keychain. I don't know. Anyway, he it's one of the, it's like it's like connected to like his like vest pocket. He swings it, swings it, swings it. Right. It's like it's his fidget spinner. Mm. Right. <laughs> so and it, and it's and credit to Sterling and Donner. They make it a point to point it out because it is a nice tell on his part, and also it does pay off at the end with what we'll talk about because it's a nice little beat of like oh even that you know can be replaced you know like um so so he's talking to uh, hanley right hanley's like the, uh, the the company foreman and he's like well i just wanted to show you this and he's like well like and hanley's not happy right and he's like well why like i know i didn't expect you to be happy about the downsizing but he's like but you know is there anything you can provide and like hanley believes Haley's been at this company for longer than um, than Wallace was running it because he worked for Wallace's father. father. Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, you know, you you know, your dad never said no to a profit either. However, you know, he did keep workers and he believed in pride. And he's like, I think you're trading automation, you're trading pride for automation or whatever. And then Whipple goes off on this whole thing about like we've doubled our output. However, in the time since then, every company around us has quadrupled it. And then he's, he's telling me, he's like, and for a second, if they didn't think that they couldn't replace workers with computers or automation, that they wouldn't do it. So Wallace isn't wrong, but Hanley, but, but Wallace isn't taking. No, he see he's too far away from it. Right. Cause he can only see the numbers and the bottom line, as opposed to the reality of that you take this away, you're going to crater, like this entire, like, you know, town or whatever. Cause it sounds like a lot of people work in that one particular plant at least. Right. So it's something that you and I weren't surprised to see happen in terms of this episode, because we've been dealing with this. How long in terms of us growing up and just watching all De- this decades. Yeah. I mean, I remember being a really young kid and watching steel leave Cleveland. You know, I still was uh, being produced out of Cleveland where we are, where home bases, where our home bases mm. and, for de- for decades and then one day like they were like yeah we're not going to manufacture here anymore yeah see you later same thing where i grew up it was always coal i mean not that we, we need to move away from coal don't get me wrong but like that was being changed uh my my family is a bunch of railroad people that sounds like we're hobos riding the rails maybe but like the moment the the major railroad operations got taken out of my town it, it, has, it has cratered my town in a way that it has never come back like because like they either automate or they someone does it cheaper or whatever. We see the effects of this all the time. Yeah, and it's it's portrayed in film a lot, um, in shows especially a lot, especially going into the seventies, right? Because that's when a lot of this started hitting. Like right. I mean, this is the sixties, right? And that was the fear, right? This is supposed to be the science fiction future of automation, but we're we've dealt, we've seen the after effects. Yeah, and yeah. It, it can happen in so many different ways. I mean, it's like we can see it actually on a, a on a on a different scale when we see a Walmart come into a, a community in that. So yeah. I, but even like with automation too, it's like uh, like automation was a it, it's like this double edged sword of the 20th century of being like this boon for output, but also like the destruction of like the man's soul. Like and by, by the man, I mean mankind, not like, you know, but because, you know, like was Henry Ford was big on automation and I'm sure that helped with output. But you can't tell me like that didn't like destroy people's lives because they had monotony and they had to have so many units and so much this, so much that, right? Like, uh, Oh, what, what company was it recently where somebody actually collapsed of a heart attack on the line? They were doing something. They, and the, and the workers just moved them aside because they couldn't stop because of quotas. Uh, Amazon. It, it wasn't Am- <laughs> Surprisingly, it wasn't Amazon, but it was something Jesus. like that recently where it's like, well, that's 2021. That's still. ridiculous. Yeah. No, I yeah. did not hear about that. And that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I mean, like I, I should research things like that before I say them out loud, but I'm like, you know, but yeah, you mentioned Amazon. I know they even get like clocked on like their bathroom breaks and also it's like they, it, it is like when you get down to, you take the humanity out of a position and it becomes numbers, then it becomes a matter of uh profit versus like humanity. And this is where Wallace is. Yeah. And right? that's, yeah. yeah. And he even says a little bit later in this episode that we're not going to have to worry about all of these things like bathroom breaks. We're not going to have to worry about weekends. We're not going to have to worry about overtime. These machines are built to just do their process. And that's it. We don't have to worry about the individuals themselves. And he's looking at it from, honestly, I would think that most shareholders, most uh, people that run businesses, would that would be the way you would look at it. You want to be more efficient. You want to be more profitable. And you want to have less uh, interruptions in, in, the, in the business yeah. flow. But by the way, you're right. What I said may not have been that story specifically, but as Googled this, uh, August, uh, tw- sorry, October 21st, 2019, Amazon warehouse worker who died of heart attack at work reportedly left on the floor for 20 minutes before receiving treatment. So there you go. It may not have been Amazon I was talking about, but surprise, surprise, there is an Amazon story related to that. And I don't mean to laugh. And, I'm sorry. And then they found but, Gatorade, Gatorade bottles filled with urine all around. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, I mean, that could be Gatorade. I'm kidding. But no, it's just, um, no. So I wanted to clarify that I did hear a story based, in fact, about this. And it just happened. I think I found a different story that confirmed it was Amazon. So there we go. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Nailed it. Um, but yeah, so it's I, I understand Wallace's position here. But it is kind of like a soulless approach. So how do you not also side with Hanley on this? And But I think that, you know, Hanley being there for as long as he has, he can see that the business can maintain uh, the productivity level that Wallace is also trying to get to with, yeah. without losing all those jobs. I mean, they said at this plant in particular is 34,827 workers. That's nuts, you know. Yeah. That's that's outrageous, you know. And to, to to imagine thousands of jobs being just severed like that just it's it's sad. I mean, we we've seen it around here still. We oh, the for Ford sure. the Ford plant in this area, you know, yeah. Lordstown, Lordstown, all that. Ohio. Yeah, no? like uh, yeah, it's just um and and well, the thing that also gets me too is like uh, I just there's differences in. I mean, this is a bigger conversation, and and I'm not smart enough to have it, but like. There's times where innovation moves business forward, right? Like there's a reason we don't have people going to door to door anymore selling ice. Right. You know, like we like there's there's a difference there, right? No milkman, like, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Right. But it's like so there's a difference for like jobs becoming obsolete because technology moves forward or process moves forward. With this though, it's like um in this case, it's like you know, is there a way that you could still like is there we don't even know because this is the, the this episode isn't about nuance. But is there a way to still preserve like this, this human component and actually pay and actually have like, you know, cause I'm sure ultimately that would look better on your company if there was somebody working there versus, you know, I have a computer that can do all this now. I don't know. Like it always becomes like, it, it's a matter of perspective where if you're the person looking up then at, at the person that has all the power and the money, you're like, well, wh- why am I not important? And then you shift the perspective to like, why are they important? Yeah. Like, you know, so this is Wallace. Wallace is driven by like, he, you know, it, it's almost like the moment he got his first taste of like, wait, I can eliminate all this and, and make so much more money and be so much more efficient. Let's see how far I can push this. And that, that becomes a cycle of this episode of him, pushing further and further 
um, and getting more and more efficient. Yeah, and right? he's he's more of like a sledgehammer with it. He wants to he wants to eliminate thousands of jobs instead of implementing implementing small little things that can help those employees and maybe uh, you know make their jobs easier or even <laughs> examining the workforce that you have it's like if they're eager and happy to be there is there something that they can be taught and transitioned to that's still beneficial to the company i'll make it money that's yeah that, you know like that's i think that's what we're facing now in 2021 is a lot there's a lot of hands that want to do work but you know the work that's available teach them yeah. You know, so, uh, like, like I have all the, like, I, I, I have all the answers, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the brain center, the brain center of this podcast. I, that is not me. Um, so yeah, he, uh, so Whipple's like ecstatic about this. Hanley you know, is trying to be bring like, you know, putting the human face on this. And then, then, uh, Whipple's like, okay, fine, fine. Get that foreman in here. Dickerson, like this, you know, I want to let him know that he and his crew have four months before I like, you know, remove their jobs. He's like, is that humane enough? I'm like, no, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, I got him, give him four months notice. Um, is, uh, you know, that, that'll be the best I can do. And then when you bring Dickerson in here, dry his tears, pat his head, do what you got to do to console him too. And, but yeah. send him in and then he starts spinning his spinner. Yeah. yeah. It just, uh, <laughs> Um, it's almost, I wish he had like a series of busy beads to stay his desk, just like working them to stick them around, <laughs> like whatever. Uh, but uh, so yeah, Dickerson comes in, he's like, Oh, by the way, like you know, uh, Whipple's like, Yeah, you guys got four months. Here's this machine, it's pretty cool, right? And then, uh, like obviously, Dickerson doesn't take it well, no. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I also I do like the music in this episode. It's uh, it, a lot of it's from uh, Marius Constant, the person that did the theme to the Twilight Zone, you can hear the strings in there and everything I like, like it's very, um, it's, it's like very like not machine like, but it, it's, it has like a sense of like rhythm to it. And it, like, it's, it's very effective music. I do. Yeah, like that. It, fit, it fits very well. Yeah. I mean, there's been some more recent episodes where the, the music is kind of grating. Almost. Yeah. It's I mean a lot of it's stock and the, this is as well, but it's like, you know, you have this entire library at CBS that you could have pulled from, but this was good, good choices. Right. Yeah. So Dickerson's pissed, you know, at the machine, I don't blame him. You know, also, I don't know about you. I mean, I've, I've been told it like, like I've had a job before where like I've had a couple jobs where they like, Hey, by the way, we're phasing things out and you got X number of weeks left. You know, I know companies on purpose don't tell people that far in advance because you think productivity is low. Now, wait till you tell people they're losing their job. <laughs> they're within, within the last like 10 years, we've had companies that have just closed their doors. A lot of restaurants. That's the the best approach yeah. for them. Yeah, um, management doesn't talk to anybody. No, guess what? I, you came up, you came to your friendly's position as a waitress for ten years, and your job's been taken away. And I saw I saw a Golden Corral close. Not Golden Corral. Oh shoot! What was the other uh, place that uh, old people like to go to? Ponderosa. No, no, Old Country Buffet. That oh, okay. was what it was. Uh, I I saw one of those. I was working at a plaza at a GameStop. Talk, talk about sustainable business model. Anyway. Um, I like the next day, the old country buffet closed and it was like, it was like a slow moving version of Dawn of the dead of all the old people slowly going Why up to do the they door still come here and like looking at the door and then be like, and they try it and they just turn around and leave. And it was really sad, but also kind of funny. Like, yeah. but yeah, like they didn't tell anybody they just shut down. That was it. Yeah. You know? they've, they've done it with so many different places. And it's like, it just, it sucks. It really sucks. But yeah, you know, and then, you can understand why Dickerson is upset because, you know, four months 
for to get your life together. And there's a lot of there's probably a lot of companies that honestly you can't just walk through the door because of seniority. Uh, the, yeah, know, there might be unions or, involved. Also, yeah. like also if, if he's part of this 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 whatever this company or whatever Whipple makes, uh, like if there's other companies that are also automating. Is there even a need for your position elsewhere? Like it just becomes this whole big thing, right? So, uh, yeah, like I know when like the Lordstown plant was closing here in Ohio, like it was Chevy told people like, um, we'll relocate you, but you have to either say relocation or we're firing you. And it's like, what do you do? You know? So, yeah. So Dickerson's, did we find him in a bar in the shadow of the company, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. You could see it right outside the window, the big neon lighting it up. Yeah. And Dickerson's drunk. And like, he, yeah. Drunk. He's, yeah. He, he says to the bartender, what are these? And he holds his hands out and bartender says, uh, hands. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're obsolete. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. And it's and, like, you can tell he's, he's upset. He, he knows that this is probably the end of the road for that. He's been traveling down for a very long time. He's very haggard, older dude. You know, it's probably all he's known for the last 40 years. What he said, how long he was working. It was there. quite a while. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the same thing, like, um, my, like my father started working on the railroad when he was like his early twenties. Yeah. It's like, that's all he knew, you know? Like, and that's like, what, what do you do? You know, like you, this is like, you don't like at the time it's like, you didn't need like, you know, there's not, there's not education requirements because you'll learn on the job and it's like very hands on. So you get a very specific skill set. So what do you do? You know? So I can, I can understand why he says I'm obsolete, but he's just, you know, just, he is ripped and he's like, I'm, I'm going to go show him. I'm like, that's always going to end well yeah. when you're drunk and you're going to go yell at a machine. I mean, you know, that's what we do. I'm going to go there and I'm going to beat that thing to death or it's, whatever he says. He's, yeah. I'm going to shove it up his ass. I don't know. <laughs> that's how I sound when I play Overwatch on the Ugh. PlayStation. But uh, no, I, this is, this is, that's what he was like. That's how we podcast. We just get angry and yell at machines. I'm kidding. But he goes over <laughs> to go like, that's actually kind of a decent shot of the, like the shop floor or whatever, because you can hear the echo of the voices. So it sounds big. Right. And so you have him go up uh, to the machine uh, and like, I think even before there was a brief scene of him saying this, she has a face on it and yeah. I like the little lights. It's like, yeah, it's a face. Yeah. He, yeah Cause he's ta- he, prior to him going yeah. to the bar. He sees Hanley for a moment on the That's shop right, floor yeah. and it, it definitely is a face and it's smiling almost in a, like a, like gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha job. Yeah. Suck like, it. Huh? <laughs> um, I've taken your life, but yeah. So the, when, Dick, when uh, Dickerson comes back, he's, he's going to threaten the machine and, and Whipple confronts him and Whipple like, like Dickerson's like, yeah, it's like basically like he's saying to him, he's like, you know, why, why is this? We should have stopped you a year ago. Like this whole, like he's basically saying like, why are you doing this? Why are you replacing us? And then Whipple goes in this very specific statement about like the, you know, this thing uses very little electricity. It does all this. Uh, it goes on forever. It's like, and you're asking me like, what do I value? I value it over you. Yeah. It doesn't get arthritis. It doesn't get, uh, you know, all the, it doesn't get shin splints. It doesn't get, I don't know, like it's it's saying all these things that it doesn't do and it will continue and it will work and it will, it will not ask for, you know, breaks and everything. And, uh, and this, you know, that Dickerson is on at that edge of breaking now. Like he just. He's so emotional. He's screaming at him. He's like, who's going to be there when you, uh, when you die, when you die, like when you keep on replacing people with machines, you know, it's like, it really is kind of this uh, idea that you're taking the soul out of the, out of work. You're taking the the, the people out of it. You're taking the soul out of it. What are you going to have left? And then he's just a 
Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's not wrong. And so then whenever, uh, you know, Hanley, uh, you know, he starts to go wail, wail into the machine, like he starts to, you know, whatever. Um, he has a crowbar. Yeah. Or- it's pretty great. They actually like the the sparks and stuff. It's it's fun. The fire that shoots out the machine, but we have the watchman there, uh, and and Whipple's like, you know, stop him. And the watchman's like, what do you want me to do? And then that's when Whipple grabs the gun from the watchman, grabs a handgun, and shoots Handley, not Handley, um, uh, Dickerson. Dickerson multiple times, point blank, because he's attacking a machine. Um, I was like, I didn't expect that to happen in this episode. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, insurance is a thing, Wallace. Like, can you chill out? You know, also crime. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I like the, 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 <laughs> I, the dude has a gun, the, yeah. the watchman, he has a gun, and Dickerson has a weapon, he has a big crowbar. You can just at least say to the dude, Hey, freeze. And the guy's just sitting there, like, oh, I don't know what to do. You do, well, so. no, it's like, but even if he's swinging at this machine, it's like, you know what, it's already broken. Just let him get it out of him. We'll get him out of here. And then, you know, you gave him four months, fire him now and then sue him. Like that's the, that's the heartless thing that you would do. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like you would, you would add the expense of the machine and the cost of the crowbar on top. Like that's the kind of shit that you would pull of like, yeah. oh, you also, uh, you, you know, like we, we, uh, we told you to stop and you, 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 know, you got to pay the watchman hazard pay. Now we're charging you for that mm-hmm. as well. You know, like. Uh, I'm emotionally duressed because you attacked my machine. That's what would happen now. Well, and you could, I, you know, that Wallace's, uh, you know, end reasoning here is that he, if that machine goes down, he's going to lose all that production, and he has no one fill that space. That's fair too. Yeah, you know, it's but like him just open up, open fire on an employee. It's like, all right, well, that's a line you've crossed now. So, yeah, definitely yeah. not justified, but no. you, you know, he's. <laughs> He's in a he's backed into a corner here. Yeah. So then, then we after that we get to like it was a commercial break, right? So now we go into Whipple's office where he now has more machines all over, and it's like I like that. The, also, the set dressing here where we'll see like like these big um, like posters of like layouts for like other things, like kind of strewn across the back wall, and they're like askew. Meaning, he's so like obsessed about this that like his office is becoming like a whole mess. He's becoming disorganized. In the name of automation. Yeah, I like that that choice there um, yeah. because he, it, the office looks pristine when you see it in the, the very opening sequences and that. And slowly but surely, the office is being filled with machines and there's everything's a jar. Like you said, there's crap all over the desks and everything. So, he, you, you know, he's like almost frantic, too. Yeah. And so then he actually ends up bringing Haley in and Haley's like, oh, by the way, uh, Dickerson's going to live. <laughs> Good. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that's going to happen. But then um, when 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 Whipple's like, did you see this machine over here? He's like, he's like, you know, I know you're like basically like I know you're a bleeding heart. So don't worry. It's all replacing one job. And Haley's like, yeah. And he's like, you. So you knew that was coming. And then Haley's like, OK. And Whipple's like, don't worry, I got a really good severance package. I want to thank you for your time. And then I like when, when Haley's like, I got something for you too. It just punches Whipple in the face. He, no, he he gives him a backhand. Yeah, that's he, right, like a backhand. Dude, yeah. He puts baby powder on it and everything. Yeah. I know it. Uh, it's, it's like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. He puts some, he puts some stank strong. on it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did the five figures say to the face? Slap, Slap, right? So, yeah. And then tells him, like, you know, you know what? He's like, basically, he's like, take that severance package and stick it in your ass, is basically what he says. And there's the line here I wrote down. He's like, I'm going to walk away clean. Basically, like, take your blood money, which, you know, good old Hanley, if he has the ability to do this, because otherwise it's like, you know, what, what, what else is he going to do too? But he's a man of principle. We get that. 
So he tell he tells Whipple, like, you know what? Nope, I'm out. Screw you. Keep your money. It's what you want anyway. And then that's when we get the little like the, the brief bit about the door having an electric eye with the, the employee cards or whatever. That pays off a little bit later. But it just shows that even the doors are automated now. So yeah, so the last voice of reason's now gone, kinda from Whipple. Then we have this montage that's it's it's equal parts dumb, but also kind of amazing. Like, I don't know how you feel about the montage, but it's like, it works, but it's like, it's, it's like stupid and, 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 and fun. I don't know why. Like it's, and it, it sets the pace for what you're supposed to like realize the, the outcome for these machines is like, yeah, these are the machines that are replacing jobs. So we put, you see him switch a machine on and a, a workforce is completely like gone. You see a cafeteria that's full of people. It's bustling. And then all of a sudden. Like it's empty, you know, and then you see him fiddling with another machine and you see a full parking lot of cars and gone. Like, it's like, okay. And then, then, then we get to him having more machines in his office and that's when the technician comes in and he's like, he tells technician, he's like, Hey, run another diagnostic. The technician's like, I've run like 10 and he even accuses Whipple of being inefficient. Cause I think Whipple just wants somebody to talk to and he won't admit it, you know? And the technician, um, starts to kind of read him the riot act. And I think he's right about this. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he's like, you know, I went down to the break room. There's no one down there except for some, some machines. And uh, he also, uh, it, it's the equivalent of it, but he was saying that this the business has no soul now because people you're are You're missing gone. voices. You're missing all of this, right? Yeah. And um, I do like that. But it's, it's I, I like the line. I don't like the intent, but Wallace is like, you know, he's like, your presence, presence here is a necessity of the moment. Tell the technician, he's like, once I figure out a way to automate you, like, or automate what you do, you're out too. And then the like, technician's like, yeah, you know what? I was expecting this. I don't want to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> like- <laughs> he, Wallace, Wallace is so heartless too. It even says that we will be able to eliminate inconveniences like uh, uh, maternity leave and that. He's like, in Convenience, like people having kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. Okay. You know, I, I can see where you're going now, dude. <laughs> A young Jeff Bezos was like only like a couple, like was a month or so Taking old. Notes. He was like a month or two old at the time being like, oh, I'm going to, this is important. I have the same amount of hair now as I will later before I go to Spain. <laughs> so do. Anyway. Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll see the Amazon sign drop down. It's like, they'll just say Whipple behind it. Like, no, oh, we were wrong. We were like, we were warned. We didn't do anything, you know? <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so then the technician, like, you know, he, he cuts bait and leaves, right. Cause the, what he needs to like, cause it's, it's, he's right. And then there's an interesting bit in this too, where I, it's never really implied that like these machines can record audio, even though there's a bunch of like, you know, audio reels or whatever, like, uh, like the, the, I forget what they call those, those reels, but the, the magnetic tape reels. And they start playing back like dialogue from different parts of the episode. And it's like, it's a really cool audio um, like collage that happens. But I think at this point, it's not really audio from the machines because there's the one audio of the, of Dickerson being in the, uh, the machine room and that, I don't know if it would have caught that. I think this is all in, in his mind at this point. That's fair too. You could take it that way. It's, I like, but in terms of the effect, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the one line that the technician says prior to him leaving is that you might want to do a diagnostic on yourself, yourself. do maintenance on yourself or whatever. And he hears all that. And the machines start going haywire and he tries to leave the office. And of course (laughs) the door is going freaking out and everything too. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it's very much like uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse at this point. Everything's just firing off all around him. You know, Cherries and, 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 yeah. all mad at him. And Everybody's everything. saying the secret word over and over again. <laughs> but yeah, like the audio, the way, like even just the way that they cut, like the, the audio design of like the dialogue speeding up and getting distorted as him trying to like turn off all the machines and everything and being reminded over and over again of like his sins of automation, right? Um, I tell you that I kind of wish that was the end of the episode because that would be like, you can't leave you. You've made your own automated hell and now you have to suffer through. I think this would have been a great ending to this episode, but it's not over. <laughs> like we, we still got a few more minutes and I don't know why. Yep. So, um, <laughs> so our, our next scene here, which I believe is after a commercial break again, um, we see Wallace and he walks into the same bar that is across the street from, uh, from the factory or whatever. And as he walks in, he sees Hanley and he tiptoes over to the bar, gets himself a beer and he says, Hey Hanley, how's a, how's retirement treating you? Just, just normal jibber jabber between the two of them. Trying to sound human, trying to sound human. Yeah, definitely. And, um, it comes to this realization though, like without going too much into the dialogue here that Hanley or uh, Wallace is just making chit chat because, He's also as upset as Hanley is. He can see where Hanley is because he has been replaced. Because the was it the 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 shareholders got together, voted him out. Yeah, his own company with his name on it. And I like that when you see him now, he has like a little bit of five o'clock shadow. His like his ties like you know askew right. And he was like, I was told that I was too emotional. And like, so now he, he takes this point of like, I've learned my lesson. They can't do this to a man. It's like, it took you getting tossed on your ass to finally learn. Well, great that you've learned now, but who cares? And now he turns into the green goblin and goes back in pumpkin bombs place, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. He becomes Willem Dafoe and that's (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. that would have that would have been amazing. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna add that, edit that in. And yeah, it's just uh, a dude, pumpkin yeah, bob into place. Yeah, just a black and white shot of just the goblin glider coming in. And <laughs> pew, you know. Anyway, um, I, that would have been a better ending in this episode. Uh, so no, but like, but you get like Hanley, like just kind of being like he doesn't he doesn't really care either. Like he's still. You know, he's still human and he's listening to Whipple, but Whipple's trying to bow be like, it isn't fair what's happened. I like, it's like, yeah, this is what we've been like. It's, it's like, that's what everybody's been yelling at you. It's like that old, that old joke about like, um, there's a house that, um, somebody comes up, knocks on the door and says, Hey, there's a lot of rain coming. You need to evacuate. And the guy's like, don't worry, God will take care of me. And then it starts to flood a little bit. And like, uh, like, you know, um, another vehicle pulls up and says, Hey, you know, it's starting to get bad. You need to get out of here. He's like, God will take care of me. And then eventually it starts to flood a little bit of canoe. Someone shows up canoe. It's like, you need to get out of here. And he's like, God will take care of me. And then eventually the guy's on the roof. Like there's water all over. And he looks up at God. He's like, well, why aren't you helping me? He's like, I sent you help three times. Like, you know, like that's <laughs> like, you know, what do you, what are you going to do? Like, I've tried to tell you multiple times and you wouldn't listen to me, you know, now, now you're screwed. You know, he moves and, in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so like, I, but I do. So we get the, the very, the very last moment of this episode is one of, I don't, I don't know if this is one of the greatest moments of the Twilight Zone or one of the worst. I can't decide it because it's so random and amazing at the same time. We get a shot in the office of all the machines. And this is where we see Robbie the robot, uh, Robbie the a robot, uh, standing where Whipple was. In full Robbie gear. Like, this isn't the bucket head that they gave him and Uncle Simon. So he's full on Robbie the robot. 
Like he came off the set of like um, Forbidden Planet and he's swinging the keychain just like Whipple did. So it's like he's doing, at what point the phone rings, he, just, he answers it and just holds it up to his chest. Like, I don't know, like his stomach. He's like, oh, I guess I'm a modem now too. I don't know. But it's like the robot is now taking care of everything. Did and he asked for hot chocolate too. Yeah. That's he's like, he's like, I have a new craving, hot chocolate, you know, anyway, hot chocolate. Yeah. in bone China. Uh, so, uh, but it just, we get Robbie, the robot, like, you know, now working and swinging that keychain, and that's the end of the episode. Like the, the final image is so fun, but the, the ending feels so abrupt after what I thought we got the ending. It was just the pacing of this episode was odd. I'll just say that, but you know, considering that I didn't think we were going to have a whole lot to talk about in this episode, I think we did a decent enough job getting through it. I don't know. What what other thoughts do you have about it? I think uh, with these little tiny segments, uh, those could have been extrapolated a little bit more. Like the sequence between Dickerson and Hanley on the shop floor. That conversation could have had some more you know, dialogue between the two of them. Make that little scene a little sh- uh, longer. See, what is that? 10 seconds that should have been the start of your episode because we could have been from Hanley's point of view at the bar saying I've worked here for years they told me a machine's going to do this and then we could have not seen Whipple to that point where then then we could have moved in further to like this like the workforce leaving I don't know there's ways to approach this right um because yeah this is when you said vignettes like this is it is it's it's a weird it's it's it feels like the Twilight Zone in the sense of like, you know, uh, you know, this man sought to have this outcome and he got it. He got exactly what he was looking for and he's not happy about it, which is stock and trade of the Twilight Zone. And it's also dealing with the fear of the future and the fear of the very much known of automation and also removing the human element. So the, like all that feels in place, but there's something about this that is just like it doesn't click all the way for me and I don't know what it is. And I agree with you. And I also agree with you in the fact that if they didn't do that extra bar sequence and talking about Wallace and then just left it uh, him losing his mind in his office filled with machines, that that could have been a, a great ending. Honestly, like that's why all those other little vignettes could have been a little bit longer and then yeah. we could have ended it right there. But seeing Robbie the robot replace him, I'm like, that's fun. I get it. And, it, you know, it's, it's if just it was desserts. more of a fun episode, I think that would have been a, like a better like, ah, there we go with that, like type of thing where it's like, like, if, like, what if he had a comment of like, they haven't made this machine that's going to replace me. And it's like the very next scene, Robbie the robot just swinging the keychain. Like, you know, that would have been like, you know, like, oh, the phone rings. He's like, oh, hello, stockholders. And then you just see his face drop. And then you just see like, Robbie there. Like, I think you could have gotten there. More organically, which is funny because it's dealing with robots, not organic. Anyway, but um, yeah, like I think at the time, this is what this I'll say this. Like we talk often about how a lot of the Twilight Zone um, seems to ring louder the further it goes out. I think this is one that was really loud then, but because it's happened, it doesn't seem to hit the same way because we we now see the reality of what actually happens. So they got it right. So that makes this episode weaker because it was right. It, it, does that make sense? Like no, it's, that, it's that's weird. completely fair. And I'm sure this was a sledgehammer of an episode back then, but you know, it was the impending doom that was. Yeah. I mean, also like, I mean, you got to think too, this was what 64, right? Like this was like, the more I learn about 
this time of like the 50s, 60s and about like, you know, when, when America was, you know, like it was the best time ever. This is why every single song is talking about like, you know, how it was then, um, you know, burgers and hot dogs. And I don't know. I don't know what else is going to say there, but you know, fast cars, loose women. That's not true either. I don't know. Maybe it was. And then functional robots. Um, the way I realized a lot of that was like, it's hindsight. And like, it was good because like, it was, it was never going to be sustainable in a lot of ways. And a lot of that was just because of the way the world worked at the time, the way things were catching up with the rest of the world that were getting out of like pre war, sorry, post world war two. A lot of the world was like building again because everything got blown up and we were allowed to make things because we didn't get blown up. So there's a lot of that. That's like, eventually times are going to change. But in 64, I'm going to guess there's a lot of people that saw this and eh, that'll never happen that believe that the good times are going to keep on going. And then now we are in 2021 and we're like, well, they didn't, you know? So it's just, yeah, this is just a weird one to get over. I don't know. Like, and, I, and I thought it was a very odd choice to say the date of the, uh, of the, the, the film. Like, yeah, they, yeah, mentioned, they, they dated 1967. I'm like, yeah, wh- I, I don't know why it needs to take place three years later. I don't know how that made it any more like, feasible to do these kinds of machines i don't know if that's what their aim was maybe maybe they're trying to say that like it, like what, in the near it, future it's like it's always like the next 15 minutes right that we always talk about like like i um i always referred to um like the show black mirror as like it's the future 15 minutes from now maybe this is kind of what that's saying like and in the, in, the, in the sense of like we don't know the date's going to happen but it's soon and it's coming maybe this is what they're going for you know, and I think it's also weird that there, we have two Surly scripts in which we both have, we have Robbie the robot in both and they both deal with like, you know, the problems of future technology, but we got like the coolest looking robot at the time to be in both. That's like, by the way, here's your robot overlord. He's a pantyhose egg with arms and legs, but he's pretty cool. You know, also has a typewriter for a face, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, that was a yeah. good choice, though, that they did change the head. I forgot that they changed the yeah, head. Yeah, because they had that bucket head or whatever. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. Um, but at least it was. At least they didn't bring back Agnes uh, from Agnes with Love. We didn't at least have that happen again, which was the other Donner episode. That right. like that would have been funny where it's like, hey, this is Whipple. We got Agnes here. It's like, don't trust her. <laughs> don't put him in the same room. <laughs> um, Might fall in love with you. Uh, I, and I did, uh, now that you're mentioning computers from past episodes, uh, the old man in the, in the cave, yes. that's where the, the computers were taken from. And I know that's probably one of your notes that you were going to say here in a moment, but nope. It's like, but thank you for calling that in. You're right. That was also something dealing with. with so it's like, um, they know how to recycle props, <laughs> which is, I mean, good on them, you know, especially when production, uh, like the cost is getting cut left and right like crazy. So, yeah, I mean, but if, if the idea, especially cause the idea of computing and computers, like they, it was, it was coming, right? Yeah. Like that was something that was becoming more and more prevalent. Like we, I think we just mentioned last episode that the basic computer language is being used for the first time. Yeah. Like we just mentioned that like happening during this time. And also too, there was a point in the late seventies. Um, there's a Michael Crichton book called, um, Oh, the shoot, uh, the terminal man. That's what it is where he actually wrote a book about a guy that got, a. Uh, like a microchip put in his head to kind of like he was a serial killer and they're trying to like uh, temper his uh, his impulse, re- like his his sensory input to kind of calm him down. And it was also dealing with this idea that there's an actual date in the late 70s where computers would actually have the capacity to know more than man. There was a physical date that passed when that happened. I think Sterling saw that that was coming. 
And I think others like, like Matheson, like we, we, we've not talked about steel, which is a lot of ways of this too, of like things being, this is the future. What's going to happen when, you know, things progress. Like, like, I don't know. It's just this, this is, this is the John Henry story, right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm that, glad you said that. I'm totally glad that you said that. Cause that was my, um, my first, uh, analogy when I was thinking about what this could be comparable to was the John Henry story. You know, the he was a still driving steam man. Engi- yeah. steam engine, you know, yeah. like, so there's a lot of that. It's always gonna be man versus, um, like machine and or technology. Yeah. And, and like, what was it? Um, there's some kind of comment in this where it's like, there's not, there's not a, like a machine yet that can beat a man. And I'm like, well, like there's a lot of chess computers now <laughs> that are pretty good <laughs> like <laughs> that we've proven. We've had a computer play jeopardy and do pretty good. Like we're, we're, we're so many like millennia ahead of where Rod had any idea where we would be at this point. You know, I'm sure he'd be thrilled and terrified in equal measure at what we are able to do technologically right now. I would, I would have loved to see how he felt about like Terminator and stuff like that. Like where all of it was leading to, you know, or even just like the idea of the modern smartphone. Yeah. Like, you know, he would have had like 8,000 ideas for that. And it's like, just like, like again, I, I toss off black mirror and I know that's kind of the extrapolation of that. Right. But this, like, but like, I mean, it wouldn't exist without this. Right. And right. I think that this in a way is also like, we talked about uncle Simon kind of being like, I mentioned it to you at the time of being like a proto black mirror of like having an artificial intelligence and like go into a body to torment a niece forever. Right. This feels like this too. Cause it's also dealing with automation. Like, like um, to pull it back to when we covered um, white Christmas, um, black the black mirror special about like the egg or whatever it was where they put their consciousness in there to be the assistant yeah like this isn't that far out from that right because you're torturing a version of you just to make sure that you have toast that you want and the temperature set right well yeah and that, that's why i even mentioned the terminator yes. uh, yeah. parallel there because of cyberdyne and everything and oh yeah so Skynet. I mean, like i'm sure something like amazon would piss off rod serling because just i mean we just joked about like i mean we're all we're we're all part of this, right? Like I know, like we order same day shipping. We love it, but there, there's a price to it. And, uh, there's a lot of shit that needs to change, but at the same time, we're all, we're all guilty of this stuff. We're all guilty of, of, um, the success of automation. We're all guilty of the success of forward advancement. So I think that's the thing to take from this is and like, cheaper costs on items as well. So yes. it's just like, it's, I mean, we're all cogs in the machine. Like, really. I'm using an iPad to run my audio, um, I don't want to think too hard how that exists. You know, like huh. ugh, you I'm know. actually on a treadmill right now, running my laptop. So yeah, yeah. Terry, Terry goes from a Flintstones uh, situation where he actually has a bird type, like chisel out all his notes on a stone slab because he's trying to stay, like you know, with a bird. With, yeah, yeah, with, with, a, with a carbon a, neutral. And, yeah. I, and, the, and we asked the bird, "What's going on?" He's like, "It's a living." You know, anyway. So, <laughs> like, uh, so, so yeah, like this. I think this episode has a lot more to think about. And I think it has some big ideas. I just don't think this episode does a good job of conveying it. I just think that it's one of those ones where you have to purposely go in and kind of pull the hood, pull the hood up and look at it to, to get into the bigger conversation, which that isn't, that isn't um, a good sign of a good twilight zone episode where I feel like the ones that really just like punch you in the face and make you think like can, can, can do this like surface level, but the entire time you're like, I'm challenged with this. I think this is because you and I are having this conversation. If we just watched this like separate, just binging the twilight zone, we'd have been like, eh, and moved on to the next one and not thought about it. Right. And, and that, that, I think that's the, 
the biggest sin of this one. And it is a solidly okay uh, episode, to quote my sister-in-law. Solidly okay. Um, I, I don't know. That was my high school senior quote for myself. I was voted, uh, you know... Solidly like, okay. okay. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I would just. I was. I wish I could have gotten solidly okay. I didn't get any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I probably would have been the one that would most likely to be a serial killer. Uh, but, uh, there, I probably got voted most likely just to make balloon animals and live by himself. Is probably what I got. It's a living. It's a living. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway. But, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's not. It's it's definitely not even one of the more memorable for this season. But you know, I can see this being definitely one of those episodes while you're doing the marathon on July Fourth or whenever the hell they do their their uh, marathons. Just being like, eh. And next. Yeah, you stick this Moving in like a sci-fi marathon. You're right. And it's like, okay, well, that's twenty. That's a bathroom break. Whatever. But like sixty-four. You you watch this. It is kind of a scary situation because it is the impending doom. It is what we were working towards. We were trying to be more efficient. We were trying to do better advancements to make things run better and make more money, be more profitable. You know, even the idea now of that, like you and I watch this via streaming service, right? Like that's content right there in your face right now, right now. And people get so upset if they can't have, like the next thing right now, yeah. right? Like every like the like uh, Siri like there's um, streaming services that are releasing things weekly, and everyone's like, "Why can't I just binge it?" Brr! It's like, ugh, like this. Like we are in such like we've been just blessed with so much at our fingertips, but people will find a reason to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, like the, I don't know how Sterling would have felt about like having entertainment at like just whatever you want at any moment of the day to be entertained like whatever anyway there's a lot to think about here because we talk about it this episode doesn't present it very well yeah and I, there is something that the magic that is lost to have not watched this when it was televised initially we have so many things that we can compare this to now, now. Yeah. and it's kind of a bummer because we are doing that because we we're like uh, there's kind of this uh rose colored glass that doesn't exist for this but for everything else and so i'm glad that we have these these discussions in perspective of we do we watch these separately we do this weekly we're not like shooting off five episodes a night and then coming back and doing five episodes another night this is a weekly experience for us and so we gotta I, let it marinate right yeah. and kind of cook which again I, I know i keep swinging back to to black mirror it's but that's what we like, can do but it's like black mirror it's like there's a lot of things in there now it's like ah we're not quite there yet and it's like and I think that I think you talk about it hitting at the time. Like we watch this now, it's like, oh shit! Like when we're running across that threshold, I think that's kind of the same idea. So, yeah. Anyway, watch Black Mirror, everybody. It's pretty great. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then watch Twilight Zone too. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to challenge Terry to more more Black Mirror later once we get past uh, the season five. I'll, I'll promise you that, and hope everybody else will. You want to ruin my holidays again? Yes, all the time. Right? <laughs> I wish it could be Christmas every day, Terry. No, uh, so. No. I don't have any trivia about this episode. I don't know if you have any other notes. Nah, nah. I just that that was pretty much the uh, the thing yeah, about yeah, the computers. That was it. Yeah, the, this the thing about machines. Uh, so with the three books I looked through, it was like basically every one of them was like it's an episode. I'm like, all right, never mind. So, uh, yeah, it's a living. So, all right, let's just uh, let's just read that twist. So I always forget to to lay out what the twist is. It's one through five. One being meh, and then like we saw it coming. And five is like mind blowing. Uh, that doesn't, that's not, it's separate than how we felt about the episode. So I'm going to put it on you, Terry. Where, like, where do you think the twist is and what do you rate it? All right. So the twist I think is that 
Whipple's job being replaced by a machine is the twist, and it's not so much of a twist for me. I'm going to give it a one. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, with um, Dickerson living, I'll give that a three. <laughs> because I didn't... Well, actually, him getting shot, I didn't see that coming whatsoever. But that's not a twist of the episode. That is just a what is going on here moment for me. I will give it a one as well. The fact that like the person that pushed for automation throughout would they themselves be removed because they're not efficient enough. Um, that seems stock and trade twilight zone and not again, not a bad thing. It's just, this is, you know, if you and I, before we watched this, we were read like a little, like a thumbnail about the episode, like a brief synopsis. We've been like, that's the ending. We would have called it. So a one, that's what I'll give it. Yeah. So I do whatever, you know, and it's an episode, but it's an episode. It's a living. All right. So, um, it, it, it was a watch. All right. So before we talk about what we're doing next, uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at strange highways. You can email us directly at strange highways podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Um, you just, if you like this episode a great deal, let us know why, if there's other things you want us to cover post, um, twilight zone, because, uh, we have what three to go now we're in the, we're, we're at the very, 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 very end. And we have, we have some ideas where we're going next, but if other thing, if there's other things you want us to cover some detours, um, let us know. It'd be wonderful. Uh, wherever you find your podcast rate and review us. Also, if you enjoy this and you enjoy the conversation, let other people know, um, we're in a weird spot right now in the world where we might be post pandemic. We may not be. Um, we might have to try to hide in our houses a little bit more. I hope not if people get their shit together, but Hey, you know, we have, we are able to binge watch stuff now, automation and efficiency. If other people that you think would like the twilight zone recommend it, recommend us. It'd be wonderful. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? You can find us on Instagram these days. Uh, we're posting a lot of fun stuff on there, trying to be a little bit more proactive. You could do the same. You could be proactive with us. Reach out to us. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're great. I don't care. Tell us something. And and like what Paul was saying, we have this this show, this what we're doing. We're going to keep on going past the Twilight Zone into more Twilight Zone. Maybe. We'll we'll see. Um, want your input. The lines are open. Call, call now. Yeah, yeah. So tell us what you think. Um, tell us like your favorite um, your favorite movies that like you just want some kind of perspective on because we've done magic. We've done Tales from the Dark Side, the movie like. We can go in different directions with this. Um, we are primarily uh, anthology-based series show. Um, that's what we would love to do. Yeah. But we're going. We're. I mean, for for Christ's sake, I covered a Charles Bronson '70s Cold War thriller called Telephone here, and it was just him and Donald Pleasance like chasing and grab assing. Like it just that fine. Like we'll. Let us know if there's something else to talk about. We're game. Yeah, like, tell yeah. us what's up. Uh, tell us where you're listening from, too. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, we've gotten quite a bit of new uh, feedback from people. Uh, yes. Please tell us where you're listening from. That would be amazing to map these uh, listeners out. I'd be, I just want to see how far the web goes, you know? But uh, tell tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. <laughs> be like, I don't like you. You should listen to this podcast. And they'll be like, what's a podcast? Like, that's why we're not friends. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and if you... <laughs> If you like this show and you love listening to Paul's sultry voice, oh God, uh, no. please in my, in my breathing, <sighs> no. But please go over to Ugh. Invasion of the Podcast, where co-host Steve King is over there, uh, and they do a great job of diving into uh, pop culture, uh, video games, comic books. Uh, what do you guys got slated? Next? Well, we we took a week off, but before that, uh, we had covered um, the cinematic classic Wayne's World Two um, on our year of the sequel. Uh, but this week coming, uh, we're covering. The first five episodes of the Netflix original series, uh, Master's Universe Revelation, which is the He-Man series that a lot of dudes are mad about. So 
because the the show about a toy line that was written to sell toys to kids in the eighties didn't do the exact same thing. <laughs> so Steve and I all be talking about like as a bunch of 40 year old white guys about why um, a, a cartoon about muscle dudes, whatever we're going to talk about. He man, I love your guys's insight. I uh, can't wait to hear that uh, discussion. And uh, I will definitely dive into that. A lot of people have said good things about it. I don't know who you've been talking <laughs> I, to. I like how you're like a lot of people. It's like, who like, I can't give names. Well, my yeah. fr- uh, friend of show, Paul, uh, other, another, uh, Paul? Uh, okay. another Paul. He said, it's awesome. He said, it's really good. Uh, definitely enjoyable. And, uh, co-written by uh, uh, Kevin Smith, so it should be fun. Yeah, it's it's a fun show, but I mean the the Master Universe. I don't know about Invasion of the Podcast. Steve, you know, Steve <laughs> and I, you know, anyway, check it out. Yeah, and also I'm going to throw a shout out there to um, another show at the Devil's Ball. Uh, they just had a whole month long uh, coverage of it. Um, the the TV series and the movies chapters one and two for both. Uh, now they're covering some more in Nightmare on Elm Street. So go check them out too. That'd be a lo- you know that'd be great. So there you go. Uh, that's our plugs. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. Let's. Uh, let, what episode are we covering next? It is one called "Come Wander with Me." Let Mr. Serling tease it. And now, Mr. Serling. On the Twilight Zone next trip, we move into the area of authentic folk singing. But this is folk singing like you've probably never heard before. The words and the music in this item are haunting indeed. And this one provides one of the more odd excursions into the places of shadow. Gary Crosby and Bonnie Beecher star in a most unusual tale by Anthony Wilson. It's called Come Wander With Me. That cat was a witch. I'm just thinking of something else. Oh, like a folk yeah. Song. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly what I'm thinking, too. Oh, geez. Um, I, this is, I, I, for what I know, this is a... New writer, like it's it's a like a single story from this writer for the Twilight Zone, and I think it's also a single director. So I think these are one one shots coming this late in the series. So this will be interesting. I don't know nothing about this episode, um, which you know I've been doing my best to try not spoil. Like I mean, we only got three left, yeah. right? So, huh? That that just makes me. I have anxiety now saying we only have three left of the original series. But yeah, next week's come wander with me. Hope you enjoyed our conversation at the Brain Center Whipples. I, you know what I got. Th- freaking i forgot to mention the jordan peele series the revival they mentioned whipples like every other episode Remember oh yeah, that? yeah 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 derp yeah so if you're like oh i need more whipple stuff go watch the jordan peele thing there's a lot of whipple mentions in there i don't know why but there are some fun episodes so is it funny that paramount's like hey you know that um that company that um i made it without any help jordan please mention it every <laughs> Why didn't I just say Paramount everywhere? That'd be great. Anyway, so anyway, that's it. That's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, you know, I, I got nothing. Autom- yeah, automation's great and terrible. Um, technology's great and terrible. I just hug people, not machines. I, Terry, tell me something nice on the way out. Uh, be afraid of the machines. Don't. There is nothing nice <laughs> that's there. Not I nice. don't know. <laughs> I'm a chief engineer, Mr. Whipple. My duties consist of plant management. I'm not a film critic. Look, look, I didn't expect you to give it four stars, Hanley.